Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Y'all quiet. Are y'all ready? We're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. We're starting a series on it. And uh, I just want to lay a foundation real quick. Uh, Pastor Jeff's going to come and start this series. And, uh, uh, but I want to go to Exodus 18, 20. Uh, this is when Jethro went and met Moses. And Moses is sitting and ministering to all the people and, uh, all day long. You know, if, if you needed some counsel and it took you three months to get it, you'd be frustrated, wouldn't you? And Jethro's telling him, it's wearing you out and the people, Moses. It's time to do something different. And uh, he tells Moses that he needs to pray, but he tells him what this, you shall teach them the statutes and the laws. That's the Bible. And show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. It's how you walk that's your character. Back in the day, they used to call it your witness. You don't want to mess up your witness. You don't want to cuss somebody out, Christian, because it'll mess up your witness. Well, that's character. And everybody's called. Everybody. There's no such thing. Man, back when I was a kid, there was secular work, and then there was kingdom work. Everything's kingdom work, people. I don't care if you're digging a ditch for the power company. It's kingdom work because you're working for people, and you're also supplying a need for somebody. Come on. So everything you do is king. Think about it. I'm, do, I'm working for the kingdom. But I want to say this is about character. This series and everything that's going on, you say, well, pastor, why would we be doing this when Russia's invading the Ukraine and they're talking about going after Europe? Oh, character. Even in the midst of the storm, we have to maintain our character and walk before God upright and trust him. Trusting God and having faith is character. Okay? And I know the world's in a turmoil and gas is going crazy and all this. We have to maintain our character and our faith in God. We have to believe God and trust God and we have to walk. And he's told us that we must walk in a certain way. And that's what these Beatitudes are about. Come on, Pastor Jeff. He's going to come and start us off and Brittany Bowman's going to help him minister this today. We're going to have fun. Are you all ready to have some fun? Come on, serving God is fun, amen? That's exciting to have you guys here this morning. It's exciting to be here too. You know, whether you're online or in person, we're so happy that you're here right now. And uh, as Pastor Brett said, we're kicking off our new series on the Beatitudes. Um, and the Beatitudes are part of the most famous sermon that Jesus probably preached. They call it the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll just give you some background information here. Uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 um, are all a record of that sermon. Uh, the sermon that Jesus preaches started, starts off with some truths like Pastor Brett was talking about um, that we're going to look at for these next few weeks here. And as we start to open these scriptures up, we're going to see that many of these truths 
are in complete contrast to what we're seeing in the world around us right now. Um, they're very different than what we see if we look on the news or if you just walk through Walmart, look around you, see what's happening. Uh, looking at the condition of the world around us, we'll see how crucial it is that we focus on these truths with our life uh, in such a way that we're living it. You know, when we look around the world and things are a mess, the one thing that can truly turn that around, it's not a new law, it's not a different government. Uh, the one thing that can turn that around is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. It's a, it's a total heart change. Um, that's the one thing that can do a permanent change on things, and that's why we're doing what we're doing um, in this series. So, and I know as a church, too, as a church, we desire revival. I know we, we want that. We desire that. Uh, revival starts here first. We have to do that in here first before that ever happens in the church, before it ever happens in the community. It starts on the inside of us, too, and that's what this series is about. Um, so I want to read through the Beatitudes first, and then we'll talk about it a bit, and then we're just going to dig in. It's going to be a good time this morning. Uh, but the Beatitudes start in uh, Matthew 5, and uh, let's start in verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside. Uh, now, in moments like this, I can really connect with Jesus because when I see crowds, it makes me want to go up on a mountainside too. It makes me want to get away for a little while. So, so I can understand where he's coming from here, but he's not running in this case. Sometimes he tried to get away. Um, that's not what he's doing here. He's actually getting in position to teach the people. So it goes on to say, it says, He sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on today. Um, but as we read through these, I want you to notice the hope that these scriptures carry with them. As we go through each one of them, connect with the hope. We're going to dig into more of these throughout the, the coming weeks. Um, but it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Uh, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Um, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We're not talking about this one this week, but man, we did some more mercy. Less judgment, more mercy. Anyways. And verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Um, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We need some peacemakers too, don't we? And verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, man, there's a lot of exciting stuff in there, and I, I look forward to this series in the coming weeks here about this. But uh, as we go through these in the coming weeks, I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and bring about some change where it's necessary. That's part of what this is about is getting our character and getting our heart uh, to line up with God. And that's what this is about. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Don't just sit there and think about, man, I, they need to hear this. Take a moment and say, God, what do I need to get from this? And I promise you that you'll see some change because of that. So, uh, one of the many, many things I love about Jesus is that he didn't just teach us these truths, he lived them out for us. He actually demonstrated them through his life. Uh, Jesus was the kind of guy that unbelievers wanted to be around. That just his heart and his love and his compassion, even people who didn't believe in God or believe in him, wanted to be around him because of who he was. And that's the way we should be too. He didn't live the life just so that we could admire and say, hey, that's amazing that you did that, but you were Jesus. He lived that life so we could model our life after him and live the same kind of life that he did. That's what Jesus did. Uh, he, he did it so we would take on his likeness. Um, one of our foundational scriptures for this series is uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life, a new life has begun. So the moment we give our lives to Jesus, we're a brand new creation. We're a new person. We're re recreated in the image and likeness of God. That's who we are. Um, that's, and that should affect how we live our lives. It goes on to say in verse 18, and it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task 
of reconciling people to him. So we have a mission. We have a job to do. We have something we're supposed to be doing while we're here, and it's a mission that we can't accomplish in our own strength. It's a mission that we can't do apart from God. We need him to accomplish our mission. We're here to connect people with Jesus and who he's called them to be. And then in verse 19, it says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So this message isn't a burden. It's not something we have to do. It's something that we get to do. It's a wonderful message. It's something that people are desiring to hear. It's something that people are longing for. They're desperate for it. And then in verse 20, it says, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So because of Jesus, we're not who we used to be. Because of Jesus, we're not where we used to be. We're disciples. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. We have a purpose in life. We're following and pursuing God. We're supposed to live life like Jesus did, which means we can't do it without him. We have to be so dependent on him to recognize that, hey, we can't do this without you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 just backs this up. But it says, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Um, So I believe that as we go through this series together, we're going to experience that glorious transformation. We're going to see an internal change on the inside of us in our hearts and our spirits uh, to where we're looking like Jesus in everything that we do and everything that we say. The kind of glory that changes us as a church and changes the community around us. That's what I'm expecting through this series. Um, what's really awesome about this, this, um, these Beatitudes, these truths, as we're going through them, is that they reveal where true happiness can be found. You know, each of these begins with the word blessed. As we read through those, there you saw that. And if you look at the word blessed in the Greek, it's a difficult word to translate into English. If you, look at, if you read through the Bible, in some places it trans, translates it as happy, and sometimes it translates it as blessed. But the literal meaning of this word blessed is that there's an internal joy that the world can't give you. That's the literal meaning if you look at it. You're completely different, and circumstances can't change that. That's the kind of joy it's talking about. If you look at the word happy, you know, happy comes and goes. You know, happy, if it's sunny outside, you're happy. If it's not, then you're not. Um, Happy, if the kids are behaving, you're happy. If you're not, if they're not, then you're not. You know, it comes and goes based on circumstances. Um, But this isn't what we had. This is an internal joy that's there no matter what life throws at us. No matter what circumstances we face, uh, we always have this internal joy. And as we're going to see, Jesus tells us that joy is found in some of the most unlikely places, as we're going to see through the Beatitudes here. Another thing you notice as we go through each one of those is how each of them ends. Um, Each of them ends with a truth that shows the potential of what can be ours, of what God's given us, of what can be ours. You know, if you ask most people what the gospel is, they'd say, well, it's Jesus dying on the cross for my sins. And that's very true. That's part of it, but that's not all that there is. You know, part of the gospel is that we can have a relationship that will never let us down. Uh, Part of the gospel is that he came to heal our marriage. He came to heal our bodies. He came to uh, give us a purpose. He came to give us gifts. You know, he came to give us these things. That's part of the gospel. Um, He came to give us a joy that goes beyond anything we could ever obtain on our own. He he came to give us that. Uh, Too many people are going to heaven without walking out the fullness of what God's given them. And we need to start saying, hey, God, I want everything you have for me. I can't do this on my own, so I just want to be totally dependent on you in every area. Um, So let's start digging into our, our actual scripture. Our actual scripture is Matthew 5 and verse 3. And it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Part of experience the fullness of God has for us is when we come to the realization that without him, we're nothing. Without him, we are absolutely nothing. Um, There's two words in the Greek that are actually translated poor. 
Um, one basically means you don't have enough. Like if we use it to describe somebody who is poor, a poor person, they just don't have enough to do what they need to do. Um, that's one word we use, but this isn't that word. Um, this word is a word that actually means completely destitute. It means you, ha- you have absolutely nothing. You have literally nothing to give, nothing to offer. And basically he's saying here, you have to get to the place where you recognize that without God, I am absolutely nothing. And without him, I have nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. I need to be totally reliant on him. So we could actually read that scripture, blessed the person who realizes they are completely destitute, utterly helpless, one who realizes their absolute need for God. Someone who, and some other translations tell us that. In the New Living, they don't have this up there, but in the New Living, it said God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And in the good, God's Word translation, it says blessed are those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. And the New Century says that those people who know they have great spiritual needs are happy. I think that's good too. So we'll never depend on something that we don't think we need. You know, if we don't think we need God in an area, we're not going to depend on him. But being poor in spirit means we come to the realization in our heart that I can't do this on my own. I need God every single day. I need, I need to wake up every single day and say, God, I need you to do what you've called me to do today. If we think we can do it on our own, that's being spiritually arrogant. And that's not who we're called to be. We're called to be dependent on God. Um, so this morning, we're going to dig into some areas that we have to be totally dependent on God if we're going to be who he's called us to be, if we're going to do it what, we, uh, what he's called us to do. So actually, this time, I'm going to ask Brittany to come on up here. We're going to tag team the sermon from this point on uh, now that we laid that foundation here. And uh, give it up for Brittany. It's exciting that we get to be up here and do this. So, yeah. So the first, your first point today, and I apologize, this isn't in your notes, is that freedom doesn't happen without Jesus. Freedom does not happen without Jesus. Without Jesus, we'll never um, have the forgiveness, we'll never have the freedom, we'll never have the relationship um, that he created us to have. In Romans 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus literally sacrificed himself so that the price for every sin we ever have or ever will do has already been paid for. How awesome is that? Uh, He sacrificed himself so we don't have to be in bondage to anything. That's part of what he did for us. Jesus sacrificed himself so that we could have a close, personal, and intimate relationship with God, every single one of us. In uh, Hebrews 4.16, it says, So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. So without God's grace to strengthen us in our time of weakness, we'll never make it on our own. We can try, we can limp along, but we'll never make it on our own without his grace. Um, We have to be totally reliant on God and what he's done for us and what he has for us every single day. And because of this grace, we can experience Galatians 5.1. It says, at last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. So we have this incredible freedom available to us that we can never have apart from Jesus. We have to have him to have this and to experience forgiveness, freedom, and relationship. We have to be totally reliant on him. Amen. Awesome. Amen. So there's a lot that God frees us from. There's a lot of bondage that he frees us from, a lot of addiction, a lot of despair, a lot of anger. Um, but And we talk a lot about that in church, about that kind of freedom, what he frees us from. But I just want to take a second to talk about what he frees us to. Because that is way more exciting than what he's freed us from. So he frees us to forgiveness. Like, that is the most amazing gift that we could ever have is absolute forgiveness and eternal life. That, that, 
our life doesn't end here on earth, that we get eternal life and that death sentence is taken away from us, that we get a new nature. We become a total new creation. Like that, when I hear freedom, this is what I think of. And that he frees us in that new nature. He frees us from every bit of shame and every bit of guilt. We don't have to live in that anymore. With that new creation and that new identity, that's not us anymore. He fills us with the Holy Spirit that is bigger than any sin, any temptation, anything. That he's, That's our God, like the Holy Spirit. And wholeness. Come on, he gives us wholeness. If you are online or you're in this room and you you have a place in your heart that just seems like this empty hole that can't be filled, and and I just want you to know that Jesus is what's going to fill that. Nothing else in this entire world can fill that. That relationship with him will come with a complete wholeness that you have never experienced in your entire life. Um, another thing he frees us to is constant companionship. Come on, who's ever had somebody walk out of their life? It's painful, it's hard, but God will never walk out on you. He is your constant companion through every single moment, every single trial, every everything. And he, he is joined to our heart. He created us. He created your hair to look like that. He created you to smile like that. He created you to have the hobbies and the interests that you have. And who knows you better than him? So he is an amazing constant companionship. Um, God frees us, just like Pastor Jeff said, from the bondage of sin. Like, what an amazing thing to once be held captive by anger. And then God slowly works on you day by day and then realizing something happens to you that would have flipped your switch two months ago. But you realize, oh, I have power over this now because the Holy Spirit is inside of me and I am overcoming this. That is such an amazing new addiction to overcome all of those obstacles and those things that the world has taught us to be and to think. Um, So in this freedom from bondage of sin, we get to become a kingdom citizen. And we get a whole new name, a new bloodline. Like, come on, this is very exciting. Like, some of us come from a bad family, a bad name and all of that. But with God, there's a whole new name, a new bloodline. And you get a whole new agenda, just like he was talking about earlier, a whole new calling and an assignment that is far greater than anything we could ever think of. So in this, we must humble ourselves regularly and acknowledge that we need God. We need him. Man, that's good, isn't it? So number two, supernatural peace and joy doesn't happen without Jesus. You know, there's a limit to the depth of peace and joy that we can obtain on our own. There's, we can get it to a certain level, but it's like we talked about with happiness. It's something that comes and goes. Um, but there's a depth of peace and joy that God has available to us that never goes. It can always be there. Um, Jeremiah paints a pretty good picture of what it looks like um, as far as the peace and joy that we can obtain on our own. So in Jeremiah 6, in verse 14, it says, They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. So on our own, that's about the best we can do. You know, we can, we can get superficial peace. We can get superficial joy. It doesn't go down deep, and it's subject to change. But on the flip side, when we're totally relying on God, when our heart is that, God, I can't do this without you, there's a, there's a joy and a peace that can sustain us through anything. In a Psalm 55 and verse 22 it says, so here's what I've learned about, learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. 
I love how that says it in the Passion. When we're totally relying on God, when we leave our cares and our anxieties at the feet of Jesus, we're strengthened by his grace that gives us peace and joy no matter what life throws at us. No matter what's going on, we can, we can tap into that deep well on the inside of us and have it no matter what comes up in life. Um, the Holy Spirit wants us to experience them in a bigger way than we are right now, both peace and joy. And Galatians 5 and 22 and 23, it says, but the fruits produced by this Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. And I love how it says that. It says, joy that overflows. That means it's not just enough for you, it's enough for you and the people around you too. It says, peace that subdues. I love how that says that too. Peace that subdues the chaos in your life. Uh, Patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength and spirit. That's what's available to us when we get to the place where we're totally dependent on God in every area. Amen. So supernatural peace and joy does not happen without Jesus. Come on, we can run to all the things in this world, but it is not going to give you the joy that our Savior can give you. So how many of y'all have ever had your peace of mind just completely bombarded with chaos? Like completely just irrational thoughts, negativity, like just chaos. And how many of y'all have had your joy just dwindled out of your soul? Like you wake up in the morning, you're ready to go, but then all of a sudden, like it just feels like a leech is like in your soul just pulling all of your joy out. And the opposite of peace and joy is anxiety and fear. And I have battled anxiety and fear and depression and nightmares and insomnia and all kinds of things like in throughout my entire walk. And the enemy will still try to slap me with some of this stuff. And I just want you to know that if you are in here or you're online and you're battling any of the things I just named, God is bigger than that. God is bigger than fear, anxiety, depression, oppression, all of it. He is bigger than every single one of those. And if you need healing in any of those areas, you have to know that isolation is not the answer. And letting God come into those wounds, letting God come into those moments of where you're having an anxiety attack or you're having a panic attack, that let him into those moments. Let him into those deep fears. Let him into those uncontrollable thoughts, you know. He is bigger than all of those. And I know that some of y'all know me now, and you don't really know me, like, in younger, so you're like, what, you battled with fear and anxiety? Like, I can't even believe that. But, like, that's how good he heals. Come on, he don't just, like, want you to have just a sprinkle of peace, just a sprinkle of joy, just a temporary joy. His is new every single morning that he wants to pour out and give you. So if you're battling in any of those areas, God is here today, and he wants to heal you in those areas. And there is nothing in this world that will calm your storm like him. Yeah, it's funny, if you're, I, last time I ministered up here, I think it was back in December, and I think I talked about joy, and like all that stuff happened to me on the way, on the way here, like my credit card didn't work, and some different things like that on the way to service today. You know, here we are talking about joy again, and driving the church this morning, my car broke down on the way. I actually got it back to the house and have a different car, but it's funny, every time you try to do this stuff, God gives you opportunities to practice what you preach there, so, and so anyways, it just broke down, I was like, okay, I'll get the other car, and came here in that, so anyways. So, so that joy, that joy can be there no matter, even when your car breaks down on the way to go preach at church on a Sunday morning. So, so anyways, so number three, uh, supernatural healing uh, doesn't happen without Jesus. Uh, this is one of those things that I think, especially in this country, people struggle with um, because we do have so many amazing doctors in this country. Um, and I believe that God can absolutely work through doctors. I am completely convinced of that because I've seen him do it. Um, but there is a supernatural healing that's available 
um, that goes beyond what doctors can do. It can happen better, quicker, more permanently, and that is available to us as believers. And we need to know that. We know that God wants that for us. That's his heart. That's his will. That's his desire for us. Um, in 1 Peter 2.24, I'm going to read this in the Passion because I love how this says this. Um, but it says, He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. I love how the Passion says that. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Um, there's actually a note in the Passion Translation that says this healing includes the body, soul, and emotions. It was fulfilled in two ways. It said, first, by the healing ministry of Jesus, and second, by the blood of Christ's wounds. So that's healing across the board. Whatever it is we need healing in, he paid the price so we could have all of it. And as, as believers, as people who are desperate in pursuing Jesus, every aspect of that healing is available for us. He wants us to have that. Just like Pastor Jeff said, it's a body, soul, and emotion thing. God doesn't just want you to walk around healed in your body and then be scattered in your thoughts or your emotions. And he didn't, vice versa, he doesn't want you healed in your mind and walk around physically handicapped for your entire life. Um, so I just want to share really quick because God has supernaturally healed me several times, but I just want to share this one in particular, because if you're standing in faith for healing, I pray that this steers up something inside of you to declare healing over your own body, mind, and spirit. And so I, when I first came here, I got to start a dance ministry here. And so I, it was our very first practice and I went home. It was a Saturday, ended up getting, you know, ready and everything. And I ended up like falling down my steps, like like 16 steps are in my townhouse. So I like tuck and roll down 16 steps. So like those of y'all that have done praise dance before, you need your ankles and your wrists and everything like that. So I got to pretty much slammed into the bottom of the floor at the bottom of the steps and like everything went white. Like my feet were like up over my head, like everything. I don't know. I thought I had a concussion and everything. So I just immediately grabbed the back of my head and started praying because I'm like, no, like I can't, I do not have time for this. I do not. I couldn't feel my wrist at the time. My ankle was like already starting to turn purple. And so I just was rebuking everything. Like I do not have a concussion in the name of Jesus. I do not have a sprained ankle. My wrist will work. I'm also a hairstylist, so I really need my wrist to work. And I did not have time to take off of work and all of that. And so all day, like as the day went on, more pain began to set in my ankle. I couldn't even hardly walk on it. Like I just, and my foot, like it was pretty much purple and white. Like it really looked fractured, y'all. And so anyway, long story short, I just kept quoting scripture over myself and was declaring healing because I was like, I don't receive this. Like, I don't have time for this. I don't want this. Like, it's not going to happen. And so I actually called the Hole in the Roof gang, and that's a life group here. So if you'd like to sign up for that, they're an amazing group. But um, so because they will come and pray for you at 11 o'clock at night. But I had about 15 people swarm my townhouse with anointing oil and prayers and love and all of that. And they prayed with me and believed with me and stood in faith for my healing. I'm like, if you don't have faith, don't come through this door because this is not fractured. My wrists are not broke. Like, I need a miracle. And so every, all that night, I woke up about every three to four minutes, and I would put my foot down, and I couldn't even put any weight on it. Like, I had to hop to the bathroom. Like, I couldn't even put weight on it. And so then... 
I was getting ready for church in the morning, and I was like, God, if I can just get to church, I know my healing's going to manifest. But all through the night, I kept waking up, is my healing here? Is my healing here? Is my healing here? Is my healing here? And it hadn't manifest yet. But so I got here, and it was actually funny. Jeff was training me that morning to do the kids' check-in. So I kept looking in here for the timer. We have a five-minute countdown till service, and it was the longest five minutes of my life trying to get in here to get my healing because I'm like, I just need the presence of God. And so I got here. And for the first minute of worship, like I began to feel no pain for the very first time. And so I couldn't put any weight on it hardly. So when I walked out of church, everybody that walked past me, I don't know what they came up to talk to me about, but I was like, did you come to pray for my foot? Did you come to pray for my healing? Because I need your faith to connect with mine so that I can get my healing. Because sometimes we need people. We need their faith to connect with ours, and we need their belief to connect with ours. So I went over to the prayer team. Every person that walked out, by the time I left y'all, I could bend my toes like this, which was a miracle because before that I couldn't even bend them. So I'm thinking I'm not even going to be able to walk, you know. So I'm, like, doing like this, and it was even Hollywood. He's like, oh, you can bend your toes a little bit. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I couldn't do that last night. And so, long story short, I went home and took a nap, and I said, God, I put a demand on your healing to manifest in my body today. In the name of Jesus, I will wake up from this nap, and I will be healed. I will be able to walk. I will be able to run my race without hindrance. And so when I lay down, passed out for like three hours, woke back up, started walking to the bathroom before I realized I was healed. Come on. He is a healer and he's still healing today. So if you're standing in faith today for something in your body, whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, he is still healing. So let your faith begin to steer up because he is here today to heal you. He's no respecter for he's not just going to heal me and not heal you. He wants us to live whole. He wants us to live healed. And I just also want to say, Jesus did not die on the cross for you to live with just a little bit of healing. He died so you could live the abundant life. And if you just succumb to a diagnosis, that's not the abundant life that he has for you. So believe, press in, find scriptures. He wants to heal you. Um, he has an abundant life for you. Amen. Like she said, that's not something just for a few select people. That's his heart for every one of his kids. You know, as a loving father, he wants the best for his kids every minute of every day. And because of that, he desires for us to be healing. It's not something we have to twist his arm. We don't have to try to talk him into it, say, God, will you please give me this? He's saying, I've already given it to you because I want you to have it. I love you that much. I want you to have this. So remember that today. Let's not leave here today without your healing. Uh, number four is that God-given destiny doesn't happen without Jesus. That's so good. God has a life available uh, for each one of us that goes so far beyond what we could ever get on our own. And you may be successful in different ways that you've, you've, you've gained success on your own, but God has something for you that's bigger and, and far beyond what even that is. He has, he has that kind of life for you. Uh, there, there are limits to what we can do and what we can accomplish, but when we recognize that, when we're dependent on God every single day, uh, we start to experience some pretty incredible promises that God has for us. In uh, Hebrews 10 and verse 36, it says, patient endurance is what you need now. Stop trying to do it your way all the time. Say, God, how do I do it your way? That's part of what that's about. Um, so that you'll continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. So when we patiently pursue God, when we trust God, that God, I'm going to trust your way of doing this, even if it's not happening on my timeline, even if it's not happening exactly how I envision it happening, I'm going to trust you in this thing. And when we do that, it says here, we're going to receive all that he's promised us. Man, he's promised us a lot. What has he promised us? 
In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, it says, That is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. I don't know about you, I'm a, I'm a big dreamer. It's saying here, God's plans for me are even bigger than my biggest dreams. So then it goes on to say in verse 10, it says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So when we love God enough to be totally reliant on Him in every area of our lives, um, the result is that we have a life that's beyond our wildest dreams. Like every day, it's like, God, that was awesome. I got to do that yesterday. What new adventure do you have for me today? You know, I got these plans that I can make, but I know you got something bigger and better, so let's just do it your way because it's going to be a whole lot more fun and way more impactful when we do that too. Um, it's a life too. It says there that God shows us His deep secrets. So this life, is when we're totally dependent on God, it's a life where God shows us the deep secret things. He shows us the things He can't show everybody because we're so dependent and so reliant on Him that we got that heart that He can reveal these things to us. And He wants us all to be there. He wants us all to be at that place. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So there has to be that moment in your life and in your, your soul and in your mind that you recognize, I need God. I need him. I don't just need his blessings. I don't just need his benefits. I don't just need his favor, even though his, he doesn't ever let us sacrifice something without blessing us with something even better. And, and the amazing thing, when we talked about wholeness earlier, that inviting him in and letting him be ruler of your heart and, and Lord of your life, that leads to wholeness. And with that wholeness will lead to your destiny, to where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. So without all of the blessings and the benefits and the favor and all of that that his relationship comes with, without all of that, would you still seek him? Would you still need him? And when you can answer yes to that, that's when you know, like, I have a relationship with him. I'm not just needing him to help me out of a hard time. I'm not just needing him to help me out of this ditch. I'm not just needing him for his favor, but I'm, I'm needing him for him because I know I'm nothing without him. And the plans that we, just like Pastor Jeff said, the plans that we've made for our future does not even compare to what he has in store for us. I love Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Not the power that we are, the power that works in us through the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing is, is he's like, I don't want to just take like and just let you settle for what you want. I want to far exceed that. I want to far bless you because what your wildest dream is, is just settling for what he has for you and you and you and you and you. And like the amazing thing is that he loves us that much that he's like, oh, I I plant desires in you that's leading you that way, but I'm going to far exceed that. I'm going to far surpass that. And And your wildest dream is totally settling compared to what he has for you. So do not give up. Do not be like, okay, this is all I have. This is all that God has for me. Like, he has so much more for you. So don't ever get to a place where it's like, oh, well, God, I see you blessing them. I see you giving them the desires of your heart, their heart. Just know that your timing is coming, that if you hold your faith, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to pass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was getting excited. All right. So, so the amazing thing that I love about God is he will get us to a place where we have nothing else to depend on but him. 
And sometimes we have to go there the hard way, and sometimes we have to take the long way to get there, but he will get us there. And sometimes in those moments of isolation where he, he's pulling some of these things up, it feels really painful. But just know that whatever you're standing for, whether it's wholeness, whether it's companionship, whether it's a family, whether it's healing in your body, mind, or spirit, whatever it is that you're standing for today, peace of mind, whatever it might be, that when that miracle comes to pass, God will get glory for it. God will be glorified in your story because no one else can say that they did it for you. You won't be able to say you did it in your own strength. You won't be able to say you did it in your own supply, in your own finances, all that, but God will get the glory for it. So some incredible things happen when we get desperate. When we get desperate in your dependency on God, how many of y'all have ever been desperate for something? You needed a financial breakthrough, a mental breakthrough, something like amazing things happen when we get desperate. So I just want to ask you today, what are you desperate for? Are you desperate for change? Are you desperate for healing? Are you desperate for, you know, a family? Are you desperate for freedom in any of those areas? Are you desperate for your child to find God? When we realize that we desperately need him more than even our very next breath, when we realize we need him more than a shopping spree or drugs and alcohol and another person's arms, or when we realize those things, that's when he can make us whole. That's when he can come in and be like, okay, like I can work on this ground. It's ready. And so there's many, many things that we find in God but the three that we've been covering today, you will always find forgiveness with God. You will always find wholeness in God and you will always find constant companionship. So it doesn't matter if you don't have anybody on your side. It doesn't matter if you feel so empty and so broken. And it doesn't matter if you messed up yesterday. It doesn't matter if you messed up this morning. God wants you to come to him Let him love on you. Let him wipe your slate clean. Let him renew your mind. Let him erase the anxiety. Let him dig in there. So I just want you to know that there's no past that he can't wipe clean. There's no wound that he can't make whole again. Some of us have a broken heart in here, and God wants to make that whole. Don't isolate and don't get away from him and don't push people away. God wants to make that whole again. And there's no void in this world that he can't fill. Mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, there's no void that he can't fill inside of you. So when you recognize that he is the filler of these places that I just named, there's no need to run to anything else but him, but him. And in Hebrews 13, 8, you know, all the, all the, the temporary things in life, like drugs and alcohol and new clothes and, and a new cell phone and all of that and isolation and even we run to food sometimes and all of that, all of that is so temporary. It's so fleeting and it's so wavering, but like God is not. In Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus, the anointed one, is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when your emotions and your anxiety and all of that is wavering, you can quote that scripture. God, I might be wavering in my emotions right now, but you are steady. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And see how that will calm your spirit. So can we all just stand real quick?
because me and Pastor Jeff have been preparing this, you know, all week, and I've just been praying for some desperate people to show up. Did anybody come in here desperate today for something from God? I don't care if it's a healing. I don't care if it's mentally. I don't care if it's emotional. I don't care if you, if you need salvation today. He is here ready to give you what you need. But we have to let go of us and be like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you above my circumstance. I'm going to trust you above my situation. I'm going to trust you above my mindset. So let's just pray together. And we're going to do salvation first, and then we're all going to pray for the next stuff. But God, if there's anyone in this room or online, we just want to lead them to the feet of Jesus. God, we welcome you into our hearts. Come and be Lord of our life. May you wipe us clean. May you make us white as snow again. God, we want a new beginning, and that new beginning starts right now. For some of those that are praying this with me, God, I just pray that you meet them right where they are. God, that you give them that new beginning that they desire. God, that they feel your presence in a way that they've never felt before. And God, we just thank you for salvation over their life right now. Welcome, welcome him into your heart. And God, for the rest of those in this room that already know you, that already seek you daily, God, we just want to welcome you in to meet us in our circumstances. God, you see the healings that need to take place. God, you see the mental clarity that needs to reign in. God, you see what we're waiting on, whether it's a child or a spouse or a family. God, you grant every desire of our heart. And so, God, we just ask that you come and you meet us right here. God, that you be in this room and you leave with each person that's here. God, I just reign freedom freedom from anxiety and depression and insomnia. If there's anyone in this room or online, you, there is a new freedom that's going to be over you right now. You will not be anxious in your thought. You will not be anxious in your mind. You will be able to lay down and sleep without hindrance because the Lord God loves you and cares about you. And every moment of the day where anxiety tries to creep back, you say, get back in the name of Jesus. Any broken heart that needs to be made whole, we command, God, every crack, every heartbreak, every moment of despair to just flee right now in the name of Jesus. God, you are the ultimate healer. And God, we're desperate for you. We're desperate to walk like you need us to walk. We're desperate to talk like you need us to talk. We're desperate to think the way that you need us to think. So God, we just thank you for freedom. God, we thank you that no matter how poor in spirit that we are, God, no matter how we have nothing to give you, God, you have everything waiting for us. And God, we worship you. We magnify you above every problem. We magnify you above every issue, every disease, every diagnosis. Come on, we, I stand in faith with anybody that needs healing in their body right now. May healing just reign over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We put a demand on your healing, God. We, we expect testimonies to arrive from this very moment, God. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. And God, we love you and we need you. God, I pray that there is such a hunger in your people that arises after this service. May we wake up excited to read your word. May we wake up excited to pray. May we wake up excited to do what you need us to do, no matter how small the assignment is. If it's picking up a piece of trash on the road, God, we want to do it in your name. Ah, God, we love you and we bless you and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.